Hey guys, welcome back to the Women's Cast. I'm Allison Mesger. I serve as the Central Women's Ministry Director here at the Austin Stone, and I am thrilled that you're joining us for this next little series in our podcast. We will be continuing our year-long conversation about hope by talking with four women whose unique stories show us different facets of the messy, often painful, but beautiful posture of being expectant for Jesus. Guys, Romans 5, if you haven't read it in a while, go do it tells us that because of our faith in Jesus, we can celebrate in hope of the glory of God. And then it goes on to say something even more radical, that we can celebrate in our tribulations. That's our trials and in what's broken. All because of what these trials produce in us, which among other things is a hope that does not disappoint because of the love of God. We believe that through the stories that Davina, Anna, Amy Jean and LD share, you'll be reminded that hope occupies this really unique space between confidently hoping in the glory of God to come and expecting that he is lovingly with us in all the trials until we get there. We get to be expectant because Jesus gives us a hope that does not and will never disappoint. This is episode two, Anna Staff with Amanda Brown. One caveat before we jump into their conversation Anna's story involves the recent loss of a child. Anna wanted to share her family's story in faith that it would encourage the body of Christ, and we believe it will do that. But we know this story may be difficult for some of you to hear, so I wanted to let you know before you listen. My name is Amanda Brown, and I serve at our St. John congregation as their spiritual formation and women's director. And I am so excited to be with my new friend, Anna. Anna and I have kids that have gone to the same preschool we just learned. I just met Anna 15 minutes ago, right? (laughs) But apparently we've been Instagram friends for a long time. (laughs) And so it's like catching up with an old new friend. And so I'm excited to have a conversation with you today. And I'm excited for you guys to hear a little bit more about Anna's story and where hope has fit in and continues to fit into your story. So um, I'll let you start, if you don't mind, just sharing us, uh, sharing with us just a little bit about Jack's story. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity to get to share Jack's story. Um, my name's Anna, and I am married to Trevor, and we have three children, two here on earth and one in heaven. Walker's five, Laney is three, and then Jack was born on June 16th, Mm -hmm. 2021, Mm -hmm. and he was diagnosed in utero with a life-limiting diagnosis called trisomy 18 Mm -hmm. at 20 weeks gestation. We found that out, and um, he was a planned pregnancy and very much prayed for and longed for, and we were so excited when we found out that I was pregnant, and so finding out the news that his life was going to be much, much shorter Mm -hmm. than we would have ever hoped um, for our child was a devastating Mm -hmm. blow. And so we were were given the option to terminate Mm -hmm. the pregnancy, which was a place we never, ever considered that we would ever be. And although it wasn't really a choice for us, we 
we knew we were going to carry him for as long as the Lord gave him life. And so he lived for 13 more weeks in my womb. And at 33 weeks and three days gestation, we went in for a checkup and he was showing us that he was in distress. And Mm -hmm. so he was born later that day um, by C-section and um, God gave us the gift of meeting him alive Mm -hmm. and hearing his cry Mm -hmm. and he was with us for about an hour Mm -hmm. on earth before um, he died. So um, that was five and a half months ago. So still very much in the thick of grief and um, just just learning how to do this. So I'm really thankful to be here to to share what the Lord has taught me in this season and and even just to get to say Jack's name Mm -hmm. uh, is really meaningful to me. Thank you for sharing. Can you tell us just a little bit about the diagnosis? Yes, absolutely. So trisomy 18 is a very rare disease. It just happens randomly at conception. Okay. And so there's there's not like, there's no, there's no cure for trisomy 18. And so what it is, is it's a third copy of the 18th chromosome. And Jack had complete trisomy 18 meaning that every single cell in his body was affected. And Mm -hmm. so trisomy 18 can look different from baby to baby that has Mm -hmm. the disease. Mm -hmm. Um, But Jack had a heart defect. He had a severe gastrointestinal defect. Mm -hmm. Um, He was very, very small. And he had a a club foot, which Mm -hmm. I thought was beautiful. Yeah, and so it's considered a life-limiting diagnosis, and and as parents, we were put in to the position of choosing um, what kind of care and interventions we wanted for Jack, and yeah. again, just seemed like impossible. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry for Thank your you. loss. So. Having that diagnosis mid-pregnancy, right? Mm-hmm. Can you kind of walk us through, like, what what was it like to get that news? And what does it look like to fight for a hope in, in that news? Yeah, so getting the news mid-pregnancy... I mean, I like I said, it was devastating. Um, it was shocking, yeah. and it felt really helpless because there's literally nothing that I could do. There's nothing yeah. the doctors could do to change it. Yeah. And so I felt really, really helpless as a mom, mm-hmm. um, just because as a mom, you you would do anything in your power to help your baby, help your children. And um, there, there was nothing that I could do to change Jack's diagnosis. Yeah, it was, it was just hard. Yeah. Um, and fighting for hope during, during my pregnancy with Jack, man, I, 
I think I mostly, during my pregnancy, I think I mostly relied on other believers lifting us up and praying for us. And um, I just, I truly felt carried by by believers around us and by the Lord. Um, I don't know. It honestly kind of feels like a blur now. I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. Kind of looking back at 2021, because I'm trying to get my timeline right. You probably got pregnant in 2021, right? Or maybe maybe the end of, the 2020. End of 2020. Okay, so yeah. you have a year of of a roller coaster, an extreme roller coaster, right? That you've yeah. you're, you've been pl- planning for this pregnancy. You have this excitement and this hope of what you planned, mm-hmm. right? And then you receive this diagnosis, and and you go go through that news and I love that you said that the body of Christ helped you to persevere and I I know you know a little bit of my story I've felt that myself that when I can't make heads or tails of anything that I've got people around me that help hold me (laughs) underneath my arms so I can take one more step forward and then moving beyond that to to holding Jack in your arms and then losing him and and then grappling with this is the story that God's writing for me and it's not the story that you planned right and so what is what have the waves of hope and the pursuit of hope looked like since then yeah so for me Hope since Jack died has looked mostly like lament. Yeah. And just making the conscious effort every day, sometimes multiple moments during the day, to turn to God, to come to Him with my pain and my complaints. And yes, I think it's okay Mm -hmm. to tell those things to God. He wants to hear them and and He can handle anything that we bring to him and and then asking him for help and and then trusting that that he's not leaving us and yeah lament is something that I knew about before walking through the season with Jack but um it wasn't until after Jack died that Mm -hmm. lament became a spiritual discipline Mm -hmm. that has really carried me through um, a really, really dark season. Mm-hmm. And there's a book that my counselor recommended to my husband and I, and it's called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy. Mm-hmm. And it has been such a helpful yeah. book and just learning how to lament and what that looks like mm-hmm. and how to do it. But lament has has really become like a voice for my mm-hmm. pain. Mm-hmm. And it's been a bridge for for taking my pain to God's promises. Yes. And I still continually dance between the two mm-hmm. every day. And it's a fight to trust that the Lord has me. He has Jack. Yeah. But I've learned that lament is is an act of worship mm-hmm. and it takes me to Christ time mm-hmm. and time again. That's so good. That's so good. If um, for those of you guys that are listening, Dark Clouds Deep Mercy is such uh, 
a great resource for, I mean, I think for the whole body of Christ, right? And not just if you've, um, if you've lost someone close to you, but it is, it, I think you said it so beautifully that, um, it helps to take what the reality that we live in is, is exactly what you said, that we're in this in between of, we have this pain in our real life pain, right? And real life hurts and griefs. And yet we know the promises of God Mm -hmm. and we know that he'll wipe away every tear. We know that he'll make everything right. And yet we still live in this in between. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that book is, is such a great resource to help put some feet to that, to that in between and in, in the practice of lament. What kinds of truths have you clung to in, in this season? Yeah, I have clung to and am constantly reminding myself that God is trustworthy, mm-hmm. that he will use this pain for good. Mm-hmm. We know that from Romans eight twenty eight, mm-hmm. He promises that any pain on this earth will be used for his glory and our good. I cling to that. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It hurts so, so much, but, um, but God can use it. Mm-hmm. I'm clinging to the promise of eternity with Jesus. Yeah. I've never longed for eternity so much, and yeah. I don't think I've ever felt the weight of the world like I have until this year mm-hmm. with losing Jack and and honestly just knowing that I'll see Jack again and hold him again and and that day that we handed him over at the hospital, it wasn't the last time yeah. I'll get to see him. And then um, a verse that I turn to often to remind myself is Revelation 21, 4. And that says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And I just have to remember that this this moment in time is so, so brief yeah. compared to eternity yeah. with Jesus. Yeah, that's right. And so hard to actually mm. believe and feel when you're in the middle of any parent's worst nightmare, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, because you, you shared how the body of Christ helped carry you, I'd love for you to share, if you're comfortable, what what were the ways that were most helpful that they cared for you, and what what ways were unhelpful or even hurtful? Hmm. Well, um, I just want to preface this with saying that we were, I mean, we were supported so so well by so many people in so many different ways and um it was overwhelming in it in the best way to be loved on like that Mm -hmm. and i would say some of the most meaningful ways that that people have supported us and me specifically is friends who just continue to reach out Mm -hmm. and friends that are willing to sit just sit in the pain and not not try to fix it or mm-hmm. not try to 
not try to take me out of my grief, uh-huh. but really just to come into it with me. And I think it's really easy for us to, when somebody is hurting, for for us to say, I can't imagine yeah. how you feel. And yeah. I, I am guilty of saying yeah. that far too often, but I've learned this in walking this road of losing Jack that we can, we can step into it and try to mm-hmm. imagine. And that's really meaningful mm-hmm. for someone to mm-hmm. do. Meals, I mean, in like a really tangible way, meals were extremely helpful. We yeah. we had meals for like three months delivered to our porch and that was super helpful. And even, I mean, even just a really simple, quick text from a friend saying, Hey, I'm thinking about you and yeah. I'm thinking about Jack and I miss Jack with you. Yeah. And that's it. You yeah. know, it doesn't have to be really fancy or wordy. It can be something really simple that really means a lot and made me feel really seen in my pain and 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 as a grieving mom, I want people to remember Jack and so just seeing his name on a text is yeah. is really meaningful. And something else that I would say to somebody who's supporting a grieving friend is instead of saying, hey, let me know if you need anything, try to be really, really specific mm-hmm. with what something that you can do. So instead of putting it on them, hey, you let me know if you need anything, yeah. maybe say, hey, I'm going to Target. Right. Can I pick you up anything mm-hmm. and drop it on your porch? You mm-hmm. don't even have to open the door. Or, hey, mm-hmm. we're going to come mow your lawn. Is Tuesday yeah. or Wednesday better? That's right. What day can I bring you dinner? Yes. Yeah. So really yeah. specific, um, yeah. I think, good. is really helpful. Because if you say, let me know if you need anything. Call me if you need yeah. anything. You will you won't get the call. Sure. Most likely. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's good. I have one of my closest friends lost her nearly three-year-old a few years ago. And. I remember shortly after that um, being in church next to her and and because you're right that most of us have all said like I can't imagine but the truth is we can't imagine we just we don't want it we don't want to go to that space mm-hmm. right and so I'm I'm sitting in church next to her and um, she's singing a worship song and I'm I, it just wrecked me out mm-hmm. because I I thought if if I had her story I I couldn't I couldn't have gotten out of bed mm-hmm. I couldn't be here I couldn't say these words because I don't know that I would believe that they're true and yet sitting next to my friend and hearing her sing mm-hmm. persevered me right because she she had she was experiencing a grace that I had not yet. I, I wasn't afforded to me. I didn't. I didn't have the same experiences, so I didn't. I didn't have the same grace extended to me. Mm-hmm. And so I, sh- I share that with you to say, you being here and you sharing your story, and you continuing to serve the Austin Stone is is persevering the body of Christ, as much as you have felt persevered by the body of Christ you are persevering people around you Hmm. and it's so beautiful and so i want to thank you for 
sharing your story and for sharing practical ways for for people that not just people you know that are going to listen to this but people that um, are going to listen to this and and walk alongside mm-hmm. um, uh, other other people in their communities and in their families so I'd love to close by just asking you what would you what do you hope women walk away with by hearing your story hmm. gosh <laughs> I hope that women who are hearing this story would know that they're never alone despite how lonely their pain and their grief might make them feel that God is just always nearby and he's our help in our times of need Um, he's never going anywhere he's not abandoning us though it feels a lot like he has at times I know I felt abandoned by God at times and I and I have often told God I don't feel you I don't see you everything hurts but I need you God I need you to help my unbelief I need you to restore my hope and just trusting that he'll do it because you will yeah that's so good thank you so much Anna for sharing your story and thank you for just kind of walking us through what it looks like to fight for hope and be expectant for hope, even when you don't see it or feel it or even believe it. Mm-hmm. But thank you. This is this is real life, messy, un, unbuttoned up, un, unwrapped up kind of stuff where it perseveres our body to to hear your story so that we know how to fight for hope. Hmm. So thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah.